Hey, I'm Alan, and I'm here with Trent on the Enduring Churches podcast. We're so glad to have you tuning in today. We've got a question for everyone out there. So let's just take yourself back to a time that you were in school, whether that's a, a maybe you're in school right now, or maybe you've uh, been there in the recent past, or you're like us and you're old and you never want to go back. But, but let's <laughs> yeah. just say you were given a big assignment and you've got to write a, a long research paper. How much of the typing, if it was a 25 page paper, Trent, how many pages are you typing on the last night? <laughs> um, 24. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's what it seems like, right? I, I still remember uh, my, I, can't, I think it was my freshman year at Wayland and I was taking an English class and I had, I stayed up the whole night before typing that English paper that I had due. And, oh, I just, there are some things you just don't enjoy, right? That's right. What I, rem what I remember is we used to have these things called, called dot matrix printers. You remember that? Uh, yeah. And, uh, I always would get frustrated if a teacher would not accept dot matrix paper, because if you had to tear off the little, the little holes on the side of it. And they wanted, they wanted nice crisp paper, and which meant I was going to have to pay someone to type for me because there was no way I could type a clean um, page with, 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 without my computer processor. So, you know, I, yeah. I think back to those guys who had to do their doc, doctoral projects um, without computers and strictly mm -hmm. on typewriter, typewriters. Man, I never, ever would have finished with that. So anyway, I guess that kind of introduces what we want to talk about today, Trent. Uh, we want to talk about procrastination. We've been putting this episode off long enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's time to quit procrastinating, Alan. Yeah, and so today we want to talk about um, that we, it's an area I think that, that all ministers deal with at some point because there are things that we just want to, we don't want to deal with. Um, whether, whatever the reason. And so we want to kind of talk through some reasons why we do that and maybe some helps to overcome some of that today. So, um, so let's, let's quit messing around and get to it, Alan. <laughs> well, you know, you, you're the one that likes to tackle this stuff. I'm the, I'm, I'm the bigger procrastinator. I bet if we uh, had to put us uh, side by side, but you know, procrastination does affect our ministries. And again, our goal is to help you and your church endure. And if we're, if we're putting a lot of things off, you know, we're kind of kicking the can down the road, so to speak. And that's not healthy for your church. It's not healthy for you. And so that's why we want to talk about um, this today. So the question is, you know, why do we procrastinate? Trent, what, what do you think maybe when you think about procrastination, what, what would you say is maybe the biggest factor in your mind? Well, one of the very first things that comes to my mind, Alan, is just worry. Um, you know, there are things that, that we start worrying about if it's a relationship that's out of sorts or somebody at your church that you're not getting along with. Um, that issue gets to be way big. And I overthink things way too much. You know, I'll, I'll replay that, that scenario in my mind again and again and again. And it just keeps me paralyzed to the point that I don't deal with it. If I would just deal with it, it would be over and done with, whether it's good or maybe not even as bad as I think it is. Yeah, I think a lot of those things are the things that, that too, are maybe more 
relational in, in, in nature too. You know, we worry about those things. So we put off a t difficult conversation because we're worried about having that conversation. But there are times you, you've got to have those. And so maybe we, we put those things off or, you know, we put off a sermon on, on stewardship or, or, you know, there's all kinds of things that we do um, where we're procrastinating that we're putting things off um, because of worry. Yeah, I didn't even, you know, when you were talking about this and this episode and you were putting these notes together for us, Trent, and I read worry, I was like, is that why I procrastinate? Is that, is that one of the reasons why? But, you know, I think yeah. that there's a lot, of, a lot of truth in that. And I think we do hesitate on decisions that, that may have taken an emotional toll on us mm -hmm. for making the decision. Yeah, we're such people pleasers. I know you and I, I have talked about that. I know I really struggle with that. I'm such a people pleaser that sometimes if there's the possibility of a negative outcome, that shuts me down uh, because I want it to be, you know, uh, I want to be liked. I want things to go well. And sometimes the possibility of negative just shuts me down and keeps me from taking action that I need to, and so I begin to worry about it. So because of that, you know, it's just our, again, our human nature to, to um, kind of just put things to the side. You know, I think about it like, um, you know, if you've ever listened to Dave Ramsey talk about financial stuff, we always have this thing, well, that's at the bottom of our list, you know, um, right. that, buying that or paying for that, you know, sorry, you fell to the bottom of the list today. and. I think there's a lot of things in my life that just kind of fall to the bottom bottom of that list because yeah. I don't look at them as important. Now, I think sometimes when we think about things, maybe there are some things that really aren't important and maybe it's not that we should procrastinate. Maybe we should just remove those completely off the table altogether. And it's not a matter of procrastination, but we feel guilty when we look at that to-do thing that's not been done. So we need a way of evaluating too. Is this something that, that I'm procrastinating about or is this something that's just truly unimportant? Because I think both can be true, right? Oh yeah, you know, and that we're gonna talk through some of these whys here and uh, they kind of all overlap a little bit. But yeah, there's sometimes we need to hand it off, you know, uh, we need to give it to someone else. But we, when we keep it on our plate, we just, we think about it, we think too much about it, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so then we push it away, further away, you know, and it's maybe we're going to talk about here in just a minute that it's, it could be something we don't enjoy, we don't like, our personality type could be an issue. There's a lot of reasons, and uh, we just keep pushing them off. But um, one of the things, Alan, I I wrote down in our notes, I think this is important, and I heard this from someone else a long time ago, is the, the five rule. Um, if it won't matter in five years, then don't spend five minutes worrying about it. Um, and we just think too much about things that really are small or won't have an impact on our ministry. And so we should be able to deal with it, have a, well, what we call a crucial conversation sometimes, or just get to work on it. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of churches suffer from from decision paralysis, you know, that they keep putting off um, decisions. You know, I was talking to a church recently and that they need to they need need to do some building improvements. 
of some kind. They need to make their church more presentable. And their thing is, well, we're going to wait until we find a pastor. They're not actively looking for a pastor. They don't have a plan for a pastor, and they can't hardly pay a pastor, which means it's going to be hard to find a pastor. But they just want to keep kicking the can down the road, and all the while their church dies a little bit more, and their building falls apart a little bit more. And that is problematic. And I think you have to be uh, mindful that you can kind of create problems. And so I think there's, that, you know, you, you've mentioned worry. You know, I, I, I get that, you know, and that, that stems probably from thinking too much about stuff. I love the five rule. I thought that was really great that you put that in there. For me, though, Trent, here's, here's my problem. I get distracted really easily. You know, I, I, I put out on Facebook, someone had put a video of um, some dogs chasing a, a little, uh, one of those electric rabbits, you know, down the, down the, the dog track. And yes. they're chasing that rabbit. And then all of a sudden, a real rabbit cuts across the racetrack. And those dogs are like, whoa, and they take <laughs> off for the real rabbit and then they leave the other one yeah. behind you know that's me man <laughs> oh there's yeah. something else to go chase yeah so, well, that's, that's that's my problem that's always been my problem I, I i get distracted way 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 too easy oh yeah well i'm like that dog on the movie up you know squirrel i i i can chase after stuff and and the things that distract me and probably probably all of us is the things that that we like more, that we enjoy, um, that we're excited about. And it's easy for us to, you know, oh, I don't like this anyway, so, but there's something fun over here. Let's go do that. And so there's lots of distractions that are pleasant at the time. But then when we finally get back, it's like, oh, crud, now I still got to go back and do that other thing. Yeah, I was always kind of jealous of those pastors that could lock themselves in a room and write a sermon for like 10 hours straight and just do, you know, sit down with their Greek and their Hebrew and, and be all as studious. You know, I, I do that for about 10 minutes and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a break. You know, what else could I do? You know, and I'm, I'm good in stretches, like 10 to 15 minute stretches. I can't do I can't do long things. It's just, I'm just not wired, wired that way. So distractions are something though. I mean, let's just be honest. Distractions keep us from accomplishing things. You see that in kids today, you know, with the, the video games, mm -hmm. you know, um, when I was growing up, you know, I'd come home and watch TV reruns and I, that would be my procrastination from doing my homework. Today it's video games, but we, we learned to procrastinate early. Yeah, our phones are a big part of that, too. I've, I've noticed, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not too big into video games. That was those were just coming out. You had to go stand at a gas station whenever <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I rode my dinosaur to school kind of thing. But um, I tell you what, my phone is a big distraction. And I, I had a meeting with the we did an interview with the. Uh, Bill and Jen Rogers, and they are big proponents of putting your phone away and turning off and setting limits on that. And so I really would encourage you, you've got to do that. Find those things that distract you and uh, put them away. You, you've got to figure out this. And, and, and there are things, you know, we kind of mentioned that there are things we like to do, some things we don't like to do. Administrative stuff in our jobs, our ministries now, Alan and I were both commiserating about the how much we don't like some things and um, th 
thankfully, my wife, Dana, helps me with some of the financial part of it because she's a better mind than I am at that. But, there, you know, I just like, man, I could put that off forever, you know, and <laughs> never touch it. But then my ministry would suffer. Yeah, and that's what we want to avoid. So, you know, I, I love, I heard someone else say on their cell phones that, you know, they, they have set times where they check messages or they check emails and, and they have a, a calendar and that's the time of day they do that. You know, um, I know pastors who will have, if they have a, a secretary or office admin of some kind that they will let them handle the surface emails so they only get the important stuff. You know, there are different things that you can do um, to help kind of cut down on your distractions. And also, I think part of it too is about knowing yourself, when, when's your sweet spots? When, when is your mind most clear in working in those time frames where, where you're best? I do my, my best sermon stuff either in the morning or at night. I'm not going to accomplish much brainy stuff in the afternoon. Of course, we're recording a podcast here in the afternoon, but this is fun. <laughs> we're not brainy. We're not brainy at all. So, anyway. We don't use our brains. What are you thinking? Come on. No, well, and. Uh, one of the things I, I put on here, I think is really important. Um, and this is from my wife. She made our kids, they would cr complain about certain things they didn't enjoy doing. And so she would make them do it first and fast. And she would chant that again and again. You know, if there's stuff you don't like to do, let's do it first and fast, get it over with so we can move on to the fun stuff. And, uh, you know, I find myself having to say that, to, you know, just to remind myself. It's a big deal. Yeah, you know, I, I heard a pastor one time sharing that he, with his staff, he uh, he would meet with them on Mondays and they would have the list of tasks that they needed to accomplish. And, you know, um, their office week was such that, you know, if you were done by Thursday at 1130, you know, you were done, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and the incentive was, you, you pay now so you can play later. And I think that's kind of that same thing, first and fast. That, and that's what I would tell my cross-country team, you know, because if they had had their way, every practice would have been an ultimate Frisbee. Uh, but we, wouldn't have, <laughs> we would not have been a good running team if all we did was play ultimate Frisbee. And so, you know, I'd make mm -hmm. them work hard and reward them on days where we could with play. And I think you have to kind of think about your work that way, too you know, pay now so you can play later. Yeah, you're absolutely right. One of the last things, and, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, is, is personality type really does affect this. Um, there are some people that are very good at being focused, and then there are some others of us, me, uh, that are not good at being focused. Now, I can work outside and, and build stuff and work on things all day long, but then when it gets to the administrative stuff and, and working on paperwork, I struggle with that. So personality type, I think, does affect this. And you kind of have to know yourself um, so that you can know how to fix your schedule and make it fit, especially in ministry. You can, you have the ability to make it fit your personality type. Yeah, that's right. So your personality, you know, some some people just wired, you know, like I know I'm wired with a with a shorter than average attention span, I kind of always have been. I, I struggle to concentrate um, in, in certain certain situations. It's part of what makes me me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I'm not as bad at that as, as some others. I know others who have an even shorter attention span than, than I do. So, but it, you have to know a little bit about yourself. You have to be willing to learn about yourself and what makes you tick, what, what is the cause of it. And probably, you know, you, know you, you probably, if you find this part of your personality, you're going to have to get help you know, to overcome that. You're probably not going to do that on your own. You need someone who can help hold you accountable and, and help improve you. Um, in that area. Unfortunately, I married someone who does that. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, man. Well, let's talk, we, we kind of talked through the whys. Let's talk about how to um, change some things on this. Um, and, you know, the more we get to know ourselves, the more we understand how we tick, things that we're good at, things we're not good at, um, we need to be at, realize that we're normal. If we, ha if we could see all of our audience and we could have them raise their hand if they're procrastinating, I would hazard to guess that most people would raise their hands. And so, you know, the first thing I want to say to you is, hey, forgive yourself. You're normal. Now move on. Yeah. You know, you can beat yourself up, but that doesn't help. Yeah, I think knowing yourself is, is a big thing because I think it was actually in seminary, Trent, where I learned what kind of that my attention span I needed to kind of guide myself through that. And so I, I got to a semester where I had a class that was all papers and no tests. And I realized I was going to have a lot of papers due. And I found out that I enjoyed gathering the information. I enjoyed finding my resources. I, I really liked all that. I would go get that part done really early. And then I would find those times where I was really good at doing things. And I would, I would work on things. And I got to the point where instead of being a procrastinator, if it involved a paper, I usually turned those in well in, in advance of the due date because I enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. on, on the other side, you know, if I was studying for a test, I said, it was the night before um, because I didn't get to really gather, you know, I wasn't gathering stuff. I already had that stuff. And so, you know, the found out that the papers were better suited for me than, than the tests. And I think we all have those areas where, you know what, people say, that's weird. But then there's others out there going, you know, I'm the same way. <laughs> and you find out that there's other people who are like you out there. Yeah. Well, and, and we, we look and we judge other people when they procrastinate in different areas than we do, right? Um, if, if you don't procrastinate in the same areas, I might look at you and say, oh, they're just lazy. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, and so it, that's not helpful. Um, really, this is an area that we have to look at ourselves and our, you know, what keeps us going, our self-worth even, um, and, and don't, don't judge in other people's lives in this area or ourselves, but just say, hey, this is an area I need to work on. And all of us have areas we need to work on. Yeah, you put in here, forgive yourself, you know, um, Recognize that I, I don't care who you are, you're not going to have a spotless record in the procrastination area. No. You're going to put some things off some at some point in time because it's unpleasant or it's, it's uncomfortable. And we're all by nature a procrastinator. We, we all want to put, on, put off death as long as we can. I mean, right. it's just by, by nature, we, we, we resist that, right? And so there's, there's not always, I think procrastination at times can, can also re reflect our, 
our our kind of strong spirit and our enduring spirit and our desire to to uh, to continue on. I think that's what Paul was getting at when he says, "For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain." I know it's better, but I'm going to put it off as long as I can. Yeah, um, and, and I th I think there's something I think there's something that's very natural and very very good for us in that way. So you are mm -hmm. you are normal, and it it is. Remember that. Our self worth is is really tied to that that idea, in in mm -hmm. some ways. Right. Well, and our, our self worth really is should be based in in our relationship to God, but we let so many other things affect us in the way that we look at ourselves, and so our self worth in, in our minds does become focused on, hey, what am I getting done? Um, who am I getting to know? How, are people liking me? And those things affect the way that we work on a weekly basis. And, uh, you know, there you mentioned earlier, Alan, there are people, pastors, and usually there are guys that have multiple staff that can help them. But those guys that can lock themselves in, a, in their office and work for several hours, they don't have to do all the things that a single pastor, single staff pastor has to do. Um, honestly, they you know, they, they've got somebody else to help them with all the minutiae that a single staff pastor has to deal with all by themselves. And so sometimes it's not even that they are moved by the things they like. It's sometimes they're just frustrated because they got to deal with all the other crud that's going on. Yeah. And so sometimes sure. just forgive yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, forgive yourself, recognize your normal. Here's the second thing. And Trent, this is so good set a realistic goal. I think that's kind of what I was talking about, like with me and the papers and all those mm -hmm. kinds of things, but set some goals for yourself. Yeah. And you need to be specific in this area. Um, you know, when you think about your week, you're looking at, you know, what's, what do you have to accomplish? You need to be realistic in the things that you can accomplish in a given day. Um, keeping in mind that there's going to be that phone call that, that happens that um, somebody's in the hospital and that's going to mess up your schedule or, or whatever. Uh, just be realistic and say, okay, these are the things that I could get done and let's, I'm going to work on these and get them as much as I can. Yeah, you put a note in here, you know, to make small goals. And I can kind of give you an example from that. They, there's been a lot of research as to what makes um, like a, a successful athlete. And I'll use the running since that's what I coached, um, for instance. Um, but they they discovered that that runners that would set go micro goals, as they would call them, in practice, did better than those who had big goals. So the ability to meet a bunch of little goals in practice would translate into a meeting bigger goals. In, um, in end results um, because they would see the progress they were making, you know? And so some days it might be, you know what? I don't feel good today. My goal, my goal is going to be to finish the workout today. Um, but then there would be those days when you're thinking, okay, so I'm getting, I'm getting race ready or meat ready or whatever. I've got some targets. I've got some goals. I'm going to meet those goals. And you go in and you meet those goals and you, you look, then you look at your bigger goal and say, well, I've already done it. I did that in practice three times this week. Okay, I can do this. And you go out and you, and you conquer it. And, and so they found that if you do set a series of smaller goals that you will be more successful um, than you would be with just one large goal that's always way out there in the horizon. 
That absolutely makes sense, Alan. And it, you know, because of the fact that sometimes we just have a hard time getting started. Um, you know, we, we want to do this, we plan to do this, we intend to do this, but we have a hard time getting started. If we set those smaller goals, it's easier to start. Uh, you know, if we have those micro goals, as you mentioned, then I can, I can start and I can get this accomplished. It's easier for me to get out of my paralysis of analysis, you know, and, and get moving. So yeah, make sure that you not that you set some small goals and then you have an easier time starting on those. Yeah. The so next the thing, start, is, yeah, you. I was just going to say, Trent, you have this kind of laid out for us. So how do you do that? Yeah, you, you've got to do it step by step. You know, don't don't jump around. You have to set those small goals, and they they kind of lead to the next goal. Um, and you have to accomplish it step by step. You, you break your big, your major thing that you've got to get done into smaller chunks. But keep in mind that they have to go in an order. You have to accomplish them in an order to be able to get it done. Yeah, so you do that. And then there's the reward aspect, too. You need to reward yourself, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I used to, I used to, Trent, when uh, we were still in Colorado, right around the corner was a 7-Eleven. They had four different Slurpee machine things in there, you know, mm. so, you know, when I'd, when I'd finish my sermon uh, preparation, I could go take a walk and, or go for a drive and get a Slurpee, right? I mean, so mm -hmm. it, was, it was a reward. I, I finished this. Here's my reward for finishing a task. Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier the pastor who'd give guys extra time off if they mm -hmm. finished their task. Celebrating finding a way to celebrate or reward yourself for accomplishment, you know, is, is important. Yeah. And you're going to feel so much better about yourself. Uh, you know, because typically we beat ourselves up in our minds all the time about things we haven't gotten done. So when we do get things done and we celebrate that it's like, way to go, way to go, Trent, you did it. And then you feel better about yourself and you can enjoy the day and you'll feel better about working on the next thing because, hey, I can do this. Yeah, you know, it, it's so frustrating that we don't celebrate more. And uh, we don't celebrate enough corporately. We also don't celebrate enough um, personally. It, it is okay. It is okay to celebrate um, accomplishments. I mean, that's there's there's nothing wrong with be, looking back, you know, um, you know, something like if you paint paint a room in your house, which I hate painting. Oh, I can't yeah, stand too. painting. Yeah. But when you sit back and you look, I did that. You know, mm -hmm. I painted that. There's there's a yeah. sense of this feels good, and it, you should take time to enjoy to enjoy what that is. And so, mm -hmm. celebration. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty about celebrating. It's the same thing. Don't feel guilty when you take a day off or relax or something like that. Uh, don't, take, don't feel guilty when you take some time to celebrate a, an accomplishment. And there's yeah. one more one more thing. I think this is really important, Trent. So tell, tell us what this last little key is for us. Well, I think a big part of this, and we talked about earlier that we there are things that we don't enjoy doing and we'll put them off, um, that our personality type doesn't work well on those types of things. And so the last key I think is so important is to gather a team and not a team that is all gifted in the same way, I guess, would be an important part of that. Um, 
wise leaders will find people that are good at, at different things. So you can all be working on those things you enjoy and they'll be done quickly. Yeah, I think one of the strengths that I've always had is uh, I, I'm quick to identify people who are strong in areas that I'm not strong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not shy to let them have those things. You know, so one of the things that I learned when I was managing people was that I, I was not a micromanager at all. Because if I didn't enjoy that job, I was, I was going to trust you were going to do it. Um, because in my mind, you enjoyed that a whole lot more than me. So I just wanted to know that that was done. You know, um, so I never wanted to be the youth minister. My youth minister could be the youth minister. I, I didn't want. I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to do the church books. So I found people who could do church books because I didn't want to be the church bookkeeper. And yeah. I'm grateful for those people. You know, it it makes it better. And so if you know yourself and you know where you're weak, you need to look for people who have strengths and areas of your weaknesses. And I think a major part of this, and you and I have talked to pastors across the country and a lot of folks who've gotten to know, pastors and ministry leaders, are they really struggle in asking for help. Um, And, you know, there's a series of commercials on right now that I've seen about – getting a counselor and no, no, I'm good. I I know I just got bit by a rattlesnake, but I'm good. I can handle this kind of thing. Um, We we all need help from time to time. And when you struggle to ask for help, you you paralyze yourself. You keep yourself from accomplishing great things. And uh, sometimes you hurt your ministry by not asking for help. That is so true. And that's a, that'll unravel your ability to endure when you do that. You know, if you mm-hmm. try to do everything on your own, you may not run into the issue of procrastination. You'll just might run, you might just literally run out of day to accomplish everything you need to do. So maybe it's not even so much about procrastination. You just have so much on your plate. It's an unreasonable expectation for you to finish it. And so if you're not putting people around you, you're, you're putting yourself in a, in a, situation where you really can't win and that's that's not a good or or healthy place to be because again our goal is to help you and your church endure so make sure you're surrounding yourself with good people yes absolutely alan so today we've been talking about procrastination and we put it off we didn't want to talk about it but here we are talking about it because we're good we're accomplishing things but we wanted to uh to realize and help you realize that you're not the only one that deals with procrastination. We do too. Uh, lots of people do. And so we talked a little bit about the whys and, and then we talked about how to change that and, and realize you're normal, set some realist, realistic goals, take them a little chunk at a time, celebrate those times when you get something done and then gather a good team that is gifted in lots of different areas. And so we appreciate that you've taken a little bit of time today. Alan, is there anything else you would like to add to our discussion? Trent, I think I just wanna say thanks for putting the note together. I think this was a great topic for us because I think all of us have a little bit of frustration in us when it comes to this. And so, you know, if this was good for you, remember that, that we want to see pass that on to someone else and anyway surround yourself with a good team like i've got my dog over here pushing chairs around and doing all kinds of fun stuff so 
anyway. Yeah. Well, we do appreciate you taking time to be with us today. We recognize that um, you make a choice to listen to us. We appreciate your time in that. And if you could help us by giving us a good review and, and passing this on to another person that it might benefit them, that would be a blessing to us and hopefully to them too. So thanks for tuning in to the Enduring Churches podcast, and we hope you'll tune in next week as well.